Shalom. This is Avi Ben Mordechai, and this is a special podcast of Ancient Roads Real Israel Talk Radio. On this podcast, we're going to talk about Passover because it has such important implications for all of us who call ourselves by the term Israel. Now, this Pesach 2020, I want all of us to just forget about this whole COVID-19 pandemic or plandemic or any of these very creative terms that are being bounced around out there. Just leave it alone. For now, don't worry about this whole event 201 that happened way back in October of 2019, though the event had so much to do with the agenda of the Microsoft billionaire Bill Gates. I am asking all of my listeners to just take a bill chill because none of that agenda is important to this story. What is important is that we know the beginning to the end. We know how things are going to end. Do we not? Of course we do. So this is why it's important to get focused on Passover, on the Pesach season 2020. I want to get focused on what Yehovah has done for us, not what we do for Him. Indeed, event 201 was a rather strange event that took place in October of 2019. But at this very special time in our lives, I want to talk about event 217, which is based on Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. Now I'm going to read it to you in the Hebrew, and then I will give you my translation as I see the Hebrew presenting it. Ha-me'etz hada'at tov vera. Now, the translation of that statement is this. And from the tree of the relational intimacy, or the word knowledge, of good and evil, or good and bad, no eating from him. For in the day you eat from him. This is speaking to the man, Adam. For in the day you eat from him, in dying you will die. In dying you will die. Now many, many translations, regardless of whether they are from the world of academia or from the Jewish position, it doesn't matter. Most translations are going to give you the statement, for in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. But the Hebrew text is giving us something very specific. It is saying, for in the day that you eat from him, in dying, you will die. Now this is where we have a concept of two deaths. We have a physical death and we have a spiritual death. The physical death is defined from the first term, mot, 
which is from Mavet in Hebrew, meaning death. So Mot is in dying. That is a physical death because that is the curse that we all inherited when we were born into this world. In dying, you will die. That is the spiritual part of the curse. It is called the second death. This has everything to do with what Yeshua accomplished for us as a metaphorical Passover lamb. We're going to talk about it next on this podcast. Pesach or Passover is about what Yehovah Yudhe did for me, what he did for us, not what we do for him. This is what Pesach is all about when we put the blood on the doorposts of the Hebrew letter Chet, which is the tent door opening leading into the tent above, that is, Yehovah's home, his dwelling in heaven above. If we want to enter into Yehovah's tent or tabernacle above, then we have to go through his chet, that is, his tent door, his structure, and we go through the blood. Now, what exactly does that mean? The witness of Scripture begins with Exodus Shemot 13.3. Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And again in Exodus 13.14, So it shall be when your son asks you in time to come, saying, What is this that you shall say to him? By strength of hand, Yehovah, that is yud brought us, or me, out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. What is this bondage that is being referred to? Oh, this is so deep. It is not just about a physical bondage on earth where life becomes difficult and challenging on every level. It's not about viruses and sicknesses and death and destruction and all those things that are manifesting themselves here, particularly in the year 2020 at the recording of this podcast with this whole pandemic or plandemic of this coronavirus or COVID-19 as they're calling it. No, 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 no. It's not about that. This is much, much bigger. The bondage that leads to all of the manifestations in the physical, natural world in which we live, that bondage began long, long before we ever came into this world. That bondage began with event 217. That is from Genesis 2.17. As we are delivered from this world, we are all able to sing the song Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. 
I once was lost, but now I am found. Was blind, but now I see. Those words are so deeply entrenched in the Passover story as we understand what Jehovah through Messiah did for us. There are two parts to this redemption story of Passover. The first part of the story begins with the metaphor of the Passover lamb in Egypt. When all the Hebrews were gathered together in their homes, and in order to be saved from the angel or messenger of death, they had to come together in the homes with the blood on the doorpost and lintel of the home. That was the first part of the story. The second part is yet to come. And when that happens... That is when we are going to hear the voice of the Messiah himself calling out our name according to John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Yeshua had said to Martha concerning Eleazar and his death. He said to her in John eleven twenty-three, Your brother will rise again. John 11:24 Martha responds and says to Yeshua, "I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day or in the last day." Yeshua responded to her, "I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live." Now this is referring directly to event That is Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, and Genesis chapter 3, verse 19. Then Yeshua goes on to say in John 11, 26, And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Then he asks Martha the question, Do you believe this? And she responds in verse 27, Yes, Master, I believe that you are the Messiah, Ben Elohim, the Son of Yah, who is to come into the world. With that, I want to turn now to John 5, 24 through 29. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. Here, he is referring to the second death that is found written about specifically in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, in the statement, Mot Tamut, in dying you will die, when he spoke to Adam, and he said to him, if you eat from that tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, in dying, you will die. Here is Yeshua's statement that he who has believed in him shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. So he says in 525, most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice 
of the Son of Yah, Ben Elohim, and those who hear will live. That's the second part of our transformation and redemption. That is the second part of the Passover story. Verse 26, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done the good. What is the good? It is from the Etzachim, the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And we receive in verse 29, the resurrection of life. That's eternal life. But those who have done evil or bad, referring to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, to them it is a resurrection of condemnation. That is the second death. That is referred to in Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 15, which you can read on your own. This is the second half of the Passover story. It begins with the redemption of the Lamb in Egypt, taking us out of bondage from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and from that whole event that took place, event 217, and it's bringing us forward into eternal life with no more condemnation because we are severed from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We have become severed from that connection, that bond, that slavery that is the law of sin and death. Paul understood this when he wrote in Romans chapter 7, verses 24 and 25, and then concluding in chapter 8, verse 2. Paul says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? This refers to the first death, which leads to the second death of event 217. He answers the question in verse 25. I thank God through Yeshua HaMashiach, our master. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, the law of Yehovah, the law of Elohim, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Then he goes on to say in Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Messiah Yeshua. That's the lamb of the Passover story. Who do not walk according to the flesh. We don't. We have been severed from the flesh at the spiritual level when Yeshua died for us and resurrected for us. Paul says, we walk according to the Spirit. Then he says in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit of life in Messiah Yeshua, because it's his resurrection, 
has made me free from the law of sin and death. That is the connection to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what I call event 217. Again, it's very important that we understand this link between John 5, 29, when Yeshua says that those who have done evil, that is, those are the ones connected to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Etzadatovera, they are going to resurrect to condemnation. Therefore, Paul says in Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Because it is the Spirit that brings forth life, because we are coming forth into life through two different events. Event 217 in the Garden of Eden of Genesis 2.17 is fulfilled in two parts. The first part is the Passover lamb of the book of Exodus chapters 12 through 14. And the second part of that redemption takes place at the resurrection of the last day according to what Yeshua said to Martha in John eleven twenty four through 25, when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. So it's not about viruses. It's not about pandemics. It's not about all the death and the destruction and the agendas going on in this world. Things that are out to make you a fearful person, to scare you, to make you afraid, to make you lose hope and faith and trust. We're all going to have to go through pain because that in Hebrew is called Hevle Shel HaMashiach. Hevle Shel HaMashiach. The birth pangs of the Messiah. Just like a woman who is delivering a baby. There are the birth pangs when she goes into labor and her body is being prepared to deliver life into the world. And that is why we must not be afraid. We must focus on Yehovah and what He has done for us through Passover. So live the truths of this Passover season. It's very important that we live out those truths here in the midst of this incredible time of testing that is now coming upon the world. For remember, Yeshua said in Matthew 24, 21, For then there will be great tribulation, such has not been since the beginning of the world until this time, nor ever shall be. And unless those days are shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the sake of the chosen ones, those days will be shortened. The world will look to Yehovah for this salvation by watching how we react in this world. My friends, if we lose our testimony, if we go into freak out mode 
and we lose hope and we lose our walk and we lose our testimony, how will the world ever see that they can come to Yehovah and be saved through the tribulation period? We are going to be that light in this world. So if we go into freak out mode, the rest of the world will never be able to see Yehovah. We must pay attention to what we are doing collectively and publicly in our words, in our statements, in what we're presenting, and we must be careful. A lot of eyes are watching us. So at that great day of the second part of the Passover story, on the resurrection of the last day, we will then be able to sing those words from Amazing Grace when we've been there 10,000 years, bright, shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing Yah's praise than when we first begun. This is the story of what our testimony will present to the world based on the book of Daniel chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. And there shall be a time of trouble. That is Yeshua's statement of the tribulation, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, says Jehovah to Daniel, your people shall be saved. Who's your people? Is it just about the physical man, Daniel? No, no, no. This is about Daniel who was moved to be a spiritually just man. He saw and believed and accepted the coming work of Messiah. And that gave him justification, just like Abraham, just like Noah, just like Job, just like all the men and women that preceded his coming. They all saw the same thing. So he says to Daniel, and at that time, your people shall be delivered. You shall be saved. Everyone who was found written in the book. That is the book of life that's mentioned by Moses. That is our hope because it's only through Yeshua. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt or condemnation. That again refers back to John chapter 5, verse 29, when Yeshua said that we will come forth, some to the resurrection of life, and those who have done the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they to the resurrection of condemnation. So the Messiah speaks to Daniel and says, there will be some who are going to rise to shame and everlasting or eternal contempt, condemnation. Then he says in verse 3, Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the rakia, or the firmament, a reference to Genesis chapter 1. And those who turn many to justness, 
we are going to shine like the stars forever and ever. And that takes us to Job chapter 38, verses 5 through 6. To what were its foundations fastened? Who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of Yah, that is the Baneha Elohim, shouted for joy. That, my friend, is a picture of who we are going to become, joining the family of the Baneha Elohim, because we have been found blameless, innocent, and just, all because of the Pesach Lamb, Yeshua the Passover lamb. We must stand firm in this time of testing. This is Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. We will return for the second half of the program after this short break. You're listening to Avi Ben Mordechai and the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. So let us once again go back to Genesis 2.17. And from the tree of the relational intimacy, that is, the knowledge of good and evil or good and bad, no eating from him, says Jehovah. For in the day that you eat from him, in dying you will die. Thus, two deaths are inevitable. Mankind's inheritance from event 217. The main event that all of us are subjected to when we are born into this world. Thus it was spoken by the Almighty Eternal One of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob unto the prophet Yehezkiel, or Ezekiel. Chapter 18, verses 30 through 32. Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says Jehovah Elohim. Repent and turn from your transgressions so that iniquity, from event 217, will not be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you have committed, that is, which you have inherited, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit, which is a direct reference to Yeshua's statement in John 3.3 about being born from above. For why should you die, O house of Israel? I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says Jehovah Elohim, that is a reference to the two deaths of event 217. I have no pleasure in the death, that's the second death of event 217, of one who dies. That's the reference to the first death from event 217. Therefore, he says, turn and live. So now we have a context for which Yeshua said to the religious leadership, the Haredim of his day, you are from beneath, I am from above. You were of this world, I am not of this world. Yeshua said in John 3, 3, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of Yehovah Elohim. 
that place called Gan Eden, or the Garden of Eden. Consequently, did Yeshua boldly speak in John 8.24 as a continuation of his previous words in John 8.23? I said to you that you will die in your sins. Event 217. And that is the first death. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So that's the tamut part of mot tamut. So I say to all of us, may this year's Pesach, year 2020, be a very sober reminder to each of us as to what Yeshua was able to accomplish in the blood redemption paid to sever our relationship to the Etzadato Vera, that is, to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was our bondage, which is what entered into us, which is what we inherited, that tree we became entangled. And through Yeshua, there was a korban, that is, a gift given to each of us when he canceled event 217 and that bond of our inherited death curse. So with that, let us remember the story. The story of Exodus and the Passover of the land of Mitzrayim, the land of Egypt. It starts with promise number one. Therefore say to the sons of Israel, I am Yehovah. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Yes, that was a real event. And we are commanded to talk about it and to perform it as a metaphor every year to be reminded of what Yehovah did for us and for our ancestors. But this Torah metaphor describes Genesis 3.6. This describes the bondage. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, I'll come back to that in a moment, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked or exposed. Now, what is this idea that the woman saw this tree? She saw that whatever was in it, it was pleasant to the eyes. The Hebrew word for this term, pleasant, is the word that we get in English to mean lust. So it says the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasant or a lust to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise. That is to give one enlightenment or intelligence or if you want to call it street smarts. It gives this woman the place of the mind that is the thinking So therefore, she's the one that comes up with the enlightenment concepts. Therefore, enlightenment and lust go together. So no wonder 1 John 2, 15 through 17 says what it says. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, which is what happened to the Hebrews in the wilderness when they were chasing after the quail, the lust of the eyes, that happened to Eve or Hava, and the pride of life. It's not from the Father, but it's of the world, and the world is passing away. The lusts that are in this world, the lust for power, control, money, agendas, control, this is what we're seeing in this whole pandemic thing going on in our world. This is the lust of the world and everything and everyone that's controlling the world. It's passing away. We know the end of the story, my friends. But he who does the will of Elohim, the will of God, abides forever. That's the key. We must not be afraid of this enlightenment, this control factor that's going on in our world to take us into fear. There is no fear in love. If we recognize he loves us and he always will love us, there is no fear. So we learn from Kohelet, that is, King Solomon's work called Ecclesiastes 117. He said, I set my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. The English word folly is from the Hebrew word vesichlut. It's from sechel. That is the word that happened in Genesis 3-6 when Eve or Chava looked at the tree and wanted to become enlightened, intelligent, and wise. It's the word sechel. So Solomon says, I set my mind and my heart to know this sechel. And I perceived that it's also grasping for the wind. It's just emptiness. Because all it does is produce grief. Or from Hebrew, we get the English word vexation and grief. Because it increases our sorrow. And Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 8, 1-2, when he says, Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. But knowledge puffs up. That is, it makes arrogant. Matching with what Kohelet or King Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes 117 about how this kind of thing increases knowledge and sorrow because we get arrogant when we think we know everything. That's why Jehovah spoke to Job in Job chapter 38 and said, oh, you know all these things about the creation and about the foundation and about this and about that? You know all these things? I don't think so. You're arrogant if you think you do. Yehovah is allowing things to happen in our world with this whole pandemic or plandemic or whatever you want to call it. He's allowing it, but he has perfect awareness of everything. He's still sitting on the throne of creation and nothing is going to get by him. Nothing is going to escape him. Nothing. Do not fear. Stay firm. Stay focused. Stay the course. Don't lose hope. Don't lose your focus. He is in control. Even when everyone else in the whole world is running around like heads with their chicken cut off. In Deuteronomy 6, 20-25, at the end of that period when they are with Moses, 
receiving a final lecture, a final story that is being told to them on the plains of Moab, opposite the Jordan. When your son asks you in time to come saying, what is the meaning of all the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which Jehovah our Elohim has commanded you, then you are going to say to your son the following, we were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt, and Jehovah brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and Jehovah showed signs and wonders before our eyes, great and severe, against Egypt, Pharaoh and all his household. Then he brought us out from there that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore to our fathers. My friends, stop thinking so narrow. When it says that he might bring us in to give us the land of which he swore to our fathers, this is not about the physical, natural land in the first place. That's the metaphor. We've got to go and make Aliyah. That is, we need to go above. Because that's what we learn from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 through 10. For by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is Yah, or God. Then Hebrews eleven fifteen to 16 And truly, if they had called to mind that land from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a land from heaven. Therefore, God, Elohim, is not ashamed to be called their El, for he has prepared a city for them. That is the kingdom of heaven. And that is why Yeshua said, the kingdom of heaven is in you. But that's only part one. Part two is yet to come. That's going to be the heavenly part. And we're going to end up in that city also. So we're going to have the upper city and the lower city, the upper land and the lower land. Both of them go together and are beyachad, one. They are a unit, the upper and the lower. But the lower is in rebellion. The physical is in rebellion. The upper one is in perfection. And that is why the kingdom of heaven is in you. In Luke 17, 21, when he was asked by the Purushim, the religious leaders of his day, when the kingdom would come, that statement when the kingdom of God would come is referring to the last day resurrection. But Yeshua answered these religious leaders and he made a reference to the Passover story. The kingdom of God does not come with observation because you can't see that event going back to the Passover story. That happened a very long time ago to our ancestors. We can't see it. It's not visible to us. We only know it by what we relate to by reading about it. So that tells us that we have a redemption story going back to the Passover story of Exodus chapters 12 and 13. 
We go back to that story, and that's where our redemption begins, where we are severed from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It begins there with the story of the metaphor of the Passover lamb. So don't fear, because 1 John 4.19 says, We love him because he first loved us. We cannot earn his love or his acceptance. We cannot. No matter what you do, you cannot earn it. We love him because we are responding to the fact that he first loved us. That's why he gave us the Passover story. And that's why he's giving us the last day resurrection. Because he first loved us. Not that we loved him. And if we think, oh, I can do something on my own to get him to love me and I can feel like I deserve this salvation. I deserve everything that I'm earning to gain my place in the olam haba that is the world to come. He will say to you, stop working for it. I did it for you. You can do nothing for me. And in that light, we remember Yeshua's statement in Luke 19, 41 through 44, the last statement he made when he said, you did not know the time of your visitation. In other words, all the events that he was talking about and prophesying about in Luke chapter 19 with the destruction of the physical material land and the city of Jerusalem below. He said, this will happen because you did not know, referring in Hebrew to, you did not intimately relate to the time of your visitation. Many of Yeshua's detractors, his complainers, were saying, is this not Yeshua, the son of Joseph, Ben Yosef, whose father and mother we know? Well, of course. Well, how is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? So they were grumbling about this whole thing. And Yeshua was so clear when he was giving them the answers to their question. Because it's not about the physical earth, the physical Jerusalem, the physical land. That is all metaphorical to show us a much bigger picture of what's going on in the dimension of heaven above. We are entering the world's definition of what's called the new world order. And we can expect to be worn down during this very intense trying time that is going to be coming upon the earth. Stay in his love. So in Exodus chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, and at the very end of that statement, Jehovah says to Moses, And I have also heard the groaning of Bnei Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage, and I have remembered my covenant. Being locked up in our homes, being locked up in our cities, and our towns, and our villages, being locked up where you can't go out. This is playing out a very important metaphor for us in the year 2020 with this whole pandemic, this whole pandemic, this whole thing that's going on around the world. It's playing out the metaphor perfectly for us to understand. So this leads us to Exodus 12, 3 through 4. The last statement of that passage reads in English, 
according to the number of the persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Translating it from the Hebrew, it reads, each one of you will be covered by the lamb over you, implying that every single participant in that Passover story in that home is going to be covered by their own lamb, a personal saving lamb. This is the love that came to us through his amazing grace. So we learn here in Exodus 12, 23 through 24, Yehovah will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, remember, that's the metaphor for what is supposed to happen in the spiritual dimensions of heaven. Yehovah will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. My friends, this is not referring to Yehovah doing a hopscotch over the door of your heart or over your physical door. It's not that he's hopping along and he just gets to your door, sees blood, and he hops over it. That's not what the Hebrew is saying to us. The Hebrew text is telling us from the Hebrew root, pei samik chet. That is the term in Hebrew that means to go lame. In other words, Yehovah Elohim protected every home from the angel of death by going lame at the door of the home when he sees the blood. In Isaiah 35, 6, then the lame will leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb will sing. Here, the word lame is from the root Pesamic Chet. That is, Piseach, from the same root that we get the word Passover. And here in Malachi 1.13, And you bring the stolen, the lame, and the sick. Thus you bring an offering. Should I accept this from your hand, says Jehovah? The metaphor is clear. We are not to bring stolen offerings to Jehovah, and we are not to attempt to go lame for ourselves as an offering of ourselves in order to gain his love, his approval, his acceptance. He is the one that chooses to go lame at the door. He goes lame, meaning he can't get up. He's a strong man that voluntarily and willingly chooses to go lame at your door and stays there so that when the angel of death comes through, the angel cannot cross the paths of the strong man. He cannot cross that path. He moves to the next door where the lame one is not located. And where the lame one is not sitting, that is the door that has a wide open gate for destruction because the one who goes lame is not at that door because he wants to be the one that gives us the gift of salvation, the one who has gone lame at our door. This is the story that I wanted to present to you for this Passover season. What Jehovah has done for me, what he has done for you, 
what he has done for every one of us who will believe and accept Yeshua HaMashiach, the lame one, the Passover lamb, the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of the tent of heaven. He's done this for each one of us. It matters not how difficult the times should be, whether it's this virus or that virus or this event or Bill Gates or his agenda or the world's agenda or the WHO's agenda or the shadowy government leaders of the Bilderbergers and their generations and their government and their control. It matters not because we are saved through the blood of the Lamb, the Passover story in us, the hope of glory. You've been listening to the podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio with your host, Avi ben Mordechai. We hope that you have discovered some fresh insights into the ancient biblical Jewish and Hebraic ways of understanding and interpreting the Bible's lessons and narratives. This podcast was brought to you by the Outreach Ministry of Coming Home. Visit our website at www.cominghome.co.il. If you have questions or comments, direct them by email to questions at cominghome.co.il. Again, questions at cominghome.co.il. Yah willing, we'll hope to see you for the next podcast of Ancient Roads, Real Israel Talk Radio. You stay firm and you rest in Him. And I'm speaking this to me also because I am human like you. And we all go through these moments of fear-driven behavior. Do not fear. You are loved, O Israel. You are loved. Shalom. I'm Avi Ben Mordechai.